0: Very comfortable on this side, oh. but I'm just warning you that maybe if people come in, they might s- sit on your lap
1: because it's <laughs> <laughs>
0: so close to the door. So if anyone feels like rotating at all, over here. I'll come over here. That might uh, that might help with any, with any late comers. <laughs> Thank you.
2: What? I weird that it's like tilted and like not actually looks like it's.
0: Nice work. Thank you. Okay, uh, Thursday, yes. Thursday, welcome back. Thanks for coming. Uh, Game Audio podcast here at Sennheiser. Um, today, uh, my co-host is Estefania Romero-Cors. Thank uh, you. Thanks for joining us today. Um, Anton Wojtek and I um, kind of spun up this informal conversation with the community about 10 years ago, and uh, he's not able to be here this year, and so I've invited different co-hosts to kind of help guide the conversation and bring different perspectives to the discussions over the week, and so, thank
3: you. Okay, you're welcome. So, my name is Stefania. I'm from Santiago, Chile. Can you hear me? It's good? Okay, um, I'm a composer, well, like, Uh, an audio person that does uh, pretty much everything because in Chile people do not have a lot of budget for games so they just ask me to do anything audio related but I I, I feel a lot more more comfortable just uh, making the music. Uh, But okay, Um, doing audio is fun. Learning about implementation is fun. I really loved it. And Well, what can I tell you about myself? I didn't go to a formal school to learn game audio, uh, but I've been learning from you, um, from the resources available from the internet. And like uh, just doing the thing, uh, I sometimes feel a little bit, a, a little bit insecure about uh, my skills. But uh, it's good that I can always approach someone to ask uh, questions or like people are really Uh, open like uh, to mentoring you. Um, I don't know if this is fine to propose a topic,
4: but
0: yeah. Let's start with talking about uh, the different things that we got up to yesterday.
4: People will share
0: their experiences about uh, what presentations they went to and uh, and we'll start uh, start there and see what kind of topics flow out of that. Uh, Hands up if you've been to the podcast before. A lot of hands. Oh, I should have done it the other way. Hands, <laughs> <laughs> hands up if, if this is your first time uh, yeah. in this discussion. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Please find a way to, yeah, bring bring your experience to the to the table and, uh, and talk about what's going on at GDC. Uh, so it was Wednesday. I had a really hard time with that one yesterday. I can <laughs> think it was Tuesday. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But it was the first day of the expo. There were, you know, three talks at a time all day long. Uh, so much going on. So I know someone did something or saw something that was incredible. Tell me,
4: Blair Scherer, sound designer. Um, so I previously hadn't dug into the um, the wise acoustic uh, portal stuff, but I saw that for the first time, and that was. Kind of life-changing. <laughs> also, I want to give a small shout-out to The Wise Booth for fixing a bug that I've been screaming at for two weeks. <laughs> That's great. Wait, what was the bug? Oh, it was just a simple memory portal thing, but like, I didn't know how to Google it, so I was just kind of like, okay, and nothing's breaking, but um, no, I just needed to. Memory pool. Sorry. Great. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks. Anyone else go to
0: The Wise Booth? Yeah, okay. Um, was there, did anyone see a presentation there? Or did, who was talking, yeah? Yeah, the uh,
5: presentation by uh, Nick and Max from, from Disney Interactive doing the integration for uh, Star Wars Jedi Challenges. That was really, really great. I, I have not a whole lot of experience with WISE, so they've on you know, music and some design. That was really cool. Awesome. Oh, and Jordan, he can use it Great. Great. Uh,
0: other presentations at WISE? Opera, Eden, him,
4: also Micky Pleaser. There was a uh, nice talk with the
6: auditors, Sask um, Fiat, about their collection of supplies. And then there was a talk with, I can't remember the name of the development, but it would be a blade runner for what we are. That was uh, Richard Ludlow yeah. and uh, Matt, and um, oh, I guess they were the ones presenting from Hexney. Cool.
0: Uh, and so we're seeing a lot of like WISE UI up on the screen and people are like diving through their projects, uh, like, you're looking at hierarchies and naming standards, uh, like looking at WISE projects is one of my favorite things. Right? <laughs> it's like you see someone else's brain or like this uh, this group brain uh, represented hierarchically in this tool and it's like you read the tea leaves of this implementation. It really, each one is unique, right? Uh, And while I think we would all agree that there's kind of an emerging standard of how we might implement systems or uh, make choices about sound, uh, how people approach that and how a tool can enable so many different ways of achieving the goal of game audio is pretty staggering. It's really fun
4: to see. I just want to say that, yeah, it's really interesting, oh, uh, Eric Lorenz, you have sound designer, uh, it's really interesting to look at other people's projects, uh, but I really, really hate when someone wants to look at mine. <laughs> 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 yeah.
6: I'm just like you don't want to see how my brain works. <laughs> it's not going to make sense, but it makes sound. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that's the same with people like in their Unreal blueprints. Please oh, don't yeah. look at how yeah. messy this is. <laughs> it all works. Trust me.
1: Yeah,
0: it's pretty fantastic. Cool. Expo floor. Were uh, Were there other things on the expo floor that
6: were interesting? There was the community booth. Okay. <gasps> yeah. What was it? Don't ask me, I was stuck in i the whole day. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
7: I, I guess I, I can sort of talk about it. So bon, bon, Bonnie Bogovic, she, her cat lady, also <laughs> my person, uh, helping co host the worst night this come. Um,
8: yeah, so uh,
7: I come from uh, a community, like, I embrace things like MagFest and open jam areas and places where musicians can just chill and be themselves. And I was so happy to see a spot on the expo floor next to the Elias booth area. I think, which was, I think it just said game audio community was the only thing on the banner. And I was like, what? (laughs) And I quickly ran over and there was a big carpeted area and instruments and people are encouraged to just jam or put their feet up and be happy to just say, I'm a musician. Do you just want to chat? And there seems to be some scheduled events going on. They have like a little calendar of people doing little micro talks at tables. So I highly recommend you guys to all. Take advantage, like how often do we wish on a very technical uh, expo con- conference that there's just a little audio heard other than trying to make it to this in the morning and some of the other ones, like knowing that there's a soft, almost shag carpet environment where you're encouraged <laughs> to sit on the floor Indian style and pick up a ukulele. Some guy just picked up a ukulele. Please go, bring a kazoos. Maybe, maybe uh, you know, what, are we using a hashtag this week?
0: Hashtag Game Audio GDC. Hashtag
7: game, game Audio GDC. If you want to jam with someone, just message online. Like, I'm currently at the Game Audio Community thing. Please come over and bring your instrument. Let's maybe. take advantage and encourage them to do more of this in the future, because I was so happy to see it. Dave Shumway at, at, um uh, Magically,
9: right over there. Hey, yeah, yeah, I put <laughs> yeah. out a blast on Twitter yesterday. So was like, who's the jam? And I was like halfway across the city. I, I know. Was like, no! <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah. I was deciding whether or not to go, and then no one responded, so I didn't make my way over there. But uh, yeah, it seemed like such a cool
9: idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I would yeah, love that. to do more
7: stuff. Yeah.
4: Like that. Super random
7: hope for the future of jamming and relaxation and de-stress, yeah. de- yeah. de-stressing.
2: Yeah. More expo, expo. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Eric, uh, Eric Robinson. He him uh, programmer and game designer. The, um, the there are two things that I, I'd call out about the uh, expo hall floor. One is the video game museum. They have this. It's been here, I think, a couple times. It's, it's the actual museum is over in Oakland, across the bay, I think. Um, and this year they have Steel Battalion. Oh, cool! But it's which for those that don't know, it's a game that was made back for the original Xbox and it, had a, it was like $200 and it came with a controller that was like this big and 50 buttons and levers <laughs> and things and three pedals. And you were it was permadeath in the game and you were driving a mech around. They set it up for total immersion. So you actually, they have a box that you go into with a four-by-three plasma. It was the last one they made. We, I had a rundown from the guy that built the thing. Uh, it looks crazy. He's wearing, like, a jumpsuit. As you sit in, you buckle in, you have the thing. And he has, on the outside, he's actually sitting there, like, kind of giving you instructions over the, these, these like, air, air airplane... I don't know, what the heck, like the air helicopter, air traffic, air traffic controller, like headphones, and they have a <laughs> microphone. So you're sitting there getting directions. Okay, press this button. Do you see that there? Okay, press that button. He has a camera in the booth looking down, so he can give you directions on where your hands are the, on the controls. And on outside, he's sitting there in the control center and has the same setup, and it can switch to take take control remote, remotely and, and play the game in case you get stuck or, you know, something bad. <laughs> uh, it's... Unbelievable! It's a weird piece of gaming history. It looks amazing. I haven't played it yet, but that's like one of the things I want to do. Uh, so that's not necessarily game audio related, but like super cool because that game is nowhere to be found. Um, that sounds awesome. Yeah. Does he call you a champ? Probably. Probably. probably <laughs> does. He's the he's the kind of guy that would. I think. Yes. The that, yeah. um, the, uh, the other thing I call out is that that um, Neil. I can't remember his last name. But he's a game audio guy. We had. Did we dinner with him? We did. Yes. You know, Wakefield. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So he worked. He's been working on a game, uh, Tribal V. Tribal VR, I think, or something like that. And it's a. It. It's on the show floor in the. Vi, I think the Viveport area, and it's a VR thing. And what they've done is basically they set up a DJ um, deck in VR, and you can sit down and. <clears throat> well, You're standing actually usually, and they'll have someone train you so. Maybe not for this crowd. I assume most people kind of are pretty good with the the, the DJ stuff. As a non-like technical audio person, and more of just like I throw bits around kind of person, this is all new to me. But the idea is you get in, and then someone, a D, an actual DJ, a uh, professional DJ, can, will come in and kind of walk you through the experience of and, and and the board itself, and say, okay, let's let's move this up, and they have a mixer built in and everything, so you're actually hearing your mix as it's going. Uh, and the idea is you, you get in, play this, experience it, and then you they have an actual um, board outside in the, the real world. And you, you come out, and you're like, now I understand what I'm looking at, and I could play with these dials and actually do something. Uh, and as someone who had purchased the DJ app for um, the iPad, the first one that came out, was like, I'm going to I'm gonna make some sweet like mixes here. And I tried it, and it's like, this is awful what am I doing? Uh, it was incredible to have that experience. Just like five minutes get a rundown. But there are people apparently that have tried this out. It's a fairly new thing uh, where they've gone from zero to uh, and, and taken a few courses in that and then are now DJing at clubs and stuff. So it's I highly recommend checking it out. As a DJ or a, a DJ, as a VR experience, it's something that uh, is actually like really compelling. I could see it being like a new way of... of Learning, yeah, and having someone, like, you can just be at home, try out a bunch of equipment, without, you know, you pay, like, 20 bucks for the for the app or something, and then maybe 30 bucks for someone to come in and tell you to do it. 50 bucks versus the $1,000 or whatever for the hardware, you can kind of get your hands dirty on it before you, you invest. Yeah. Like, there's a whole lot of cool
5: stuff.
0: There. Reminds me of, like, uh, educational games, serious games, right? Yeah. And, like, at the beginning of the, you know... Rise of that, you know. There was a lot of talk about uh, training simulators so that uh, you could learn how to drive a forklift or use a um, a saw, right? A table saw or something, right? And so you've you have this huge opportunity to, um, to to train people, right? And well, DJing that's fun, right? And but it is education, right? It is a training kind of thing. So imagine the day when it's the matrix and, like, I know Kung Fu, right? It's like you just get loaded up with this training simulation and allows you to then explore these various different things.
8: Um, Also on the expo floor, there's a booth. Oh, sorry, I'm Karina Partis, she, her, and I'm an independent composer. Um, But on the expo floor, there's a booth for Embody, um, and it is so interesting because what they've done is they've created a software where you take a picture of your ear so that you can see the unique qualities of the ear and that creates a unique profile to you that they then upload to their server so that when you put the headphones on, it's a unique sound experience for you based on the qualities of your ear shape and design and they have a few things that you can do to test it out they have you can play video games, you can listen to somebody else's music, but they also have a booth for Pro Tools, so you can create your own stuff, and you can play around with it and see what it sounds like, and I was really surprised how big of a difference it actually made, like it really changed the sound, like you, if you don't have it on, and then you put it back on, it was so cool.
10: <laughs> sounds great. That sounds great. So that you externalize the sound instead of doing it in the center of your head Outside
2: yes. less uh uh that's pretty. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. Can I ask a, just a quick question to the game audio crowd about that? Uh, I have headphones that, that I wear that, that are they're evens, I guess. Uh, and they do a thing where like they they call it an print, which sounds very similar, where they, they have like frequencies that they play and they slowly raise them up and then you, you can like say, Oh, I hear it now. And it does frequency response in your ear. And that creates a profile. My question is in thinking in terms of like asset authoring. If you do that while you're, would, would you? Is that something that you would consider using while creating and, and leveling music and, and and sound effects and doing leveling just game audio? Or would that potentially cause an issue in terms of the frequencies that you hear because you're like, well, yeah. I actually
9: have a really funny story that kind of goes in tandem.
2: Okay. Um, I I'm Isabella. She
9: here. I'm a sound designer. Um, I I I had a I got a new rig and it came with like a new sound card and stuff and it had an automatic setting on it where it would put just like a touch of reverb on the whole system, like every sound. <laughs> <laughs> so I was designing. I was like, my stuff sounds
1: good. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like this, this is nice. Like
9: this like ooh, this is really satisfying. And then I was testing. I was I was watching my my um. UFS meter at the end, and I was like, this is quiet, but like, it sounds really good. Like, I, like maybe, I don't know what happened, but then I went in, and like, it, there was a little pop-up, and it was like, um, still need to adjust something, on like, the sound card, and I was like, no! <laughs> I can't, like, I was on such a high horse, and I was like, I got really good, like, this computer made me better, like, I don't know, <laughs> but like, I hesitate to use things that sort of like, optimize the experience for you, like, Touch of reverb, like imprint to your ear. I have really tiny ears. Like, I don't know how that change things. things.
7: Yeah, everyone yeah. wants uh, to ba- boost the, the bass. Like, not all of us want to boost the bass. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so, like, the things yeah. that aren't flat response, like, I think listening for pleasure,
9: like, go nuts. Like, any, like personalized, do anything, like, message your EQ. Um, but I think when it comes to sending things off, you run the risk of. Like if you don't tell someone, like oh, you have to listen to this with like these exact specs, yeah. um, there might be something that leaps out that just like ruins the sound when you least expect it. Like I, I am always so sort of like protective of you know making sure that I don't make an idiot of myself when I send something away to be looked at. Um, so it's always just that sort of like try very carefully. Like no uh, extra stuff is the safest way that I like to work. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that it would be good to compare. I think for A, B sort of stuff, um, even just to see like, okay, how does it sound on the optimized stuff versus how does it sound on like, I listen to music regularly on like $20 earbuds. Like, <laughs> I, I, I like the ground level
8: experience and things. So like, if it still sounds good on both of them, you're good, yeah. so. I think a lot of the exciting potential that I see in this kind of software is for the user experience. like how can the music that I create become more alive to the people who are going to be listening to it? And that, I think, is what I was most excited about. Not necessarily for creation. Like, maybe I could do it while I'm actually composing, but then mixing, yeah, I wouldn't do that. But being able to, you know, and and it's an interesting thing because we all internalize things differently, like person to person. We all experience, like we're all in this room, but we're all experiencing it individually. Um, And just, Knowing that I will never know how other people experience my music because I can't hear it the way that they will hear it, but that it will come alive to them in a very personal and individual way is something that I think is really exciting. Yeah,
6: and to add to that, uh, Mike, uh, he, him, developer relations, um, with the embody VR stuff, it, it's like customized HRTF. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the problems that all of these binaural solutions have always had. Of what is the generic shape of human head and ear? Uh, and like our, our CTO, it just doesn't work on his head, the neck, never. Um, so, so getting, getting things cut, like I think it's always like front is back and back is front because his ears are weird or something. Um, but getting it customized, every so often he finds one that, oh no, it actually works for me. Uh, the issue that we're all probably going to run into is you're going to end up having 10 different standards for this and, oh, well, this app doesn't support the embodied profile, but it supports the Visisonics profile, but I don't have a Vizisonic. So I think they're going to have to come together in some way to say, okay, we're all going to follow the same file format and then then Apple can have a thing that just says, you know, go to the central server and you've paid whichever company to get your profile done and it's over there, and now your music sounds really cool. Um, on, Air, on, uh, on Eric's topic, the other thing is always to uh, know your endpoint. Mm-hmm. So I, I, probably a lot of you are developing mobile uh, things, and you have your nice studio spaces with your awesome speakers, and you say, this all sounds good. But when you're talking about frequency response, those AirPods, those, uh, I guess what, other AirBuds, the new Samsung ones. Yeah. Um, just your generic pack-in uh, headphones, test everything on as garbage equipment as you can because that's what your majority of your users are going to have <laughs> and, yeah, tar- and yeah, tar- target, your, target your sounds to those, to those frequencies. I think it was um, Rob Bridget a few years ago did a talk about about that, about like an app for kids that it would, you know, are you on headphones, are you on your TV, are you using AirPlay, are you using HDMI out? It would know that and then dynamically adjust everything so it would optimize for the endpoint. And what's the ambient noise of the room? Yeah, yeah, I think let's I had a microphone. Yeah, I used the microphone for that as well. Yeah.
0: Adjust dynamic range, a lot of cool things.
10: If I may add to that as well, Lawrence said uh, he developer. Um, another thing they, uh, they claim is that they have better localization. And this is especially interesting in the gaming context. If you can uh, pinpoint the source of someone trying to shoot you, for example, uh, with an accuracy of uh, five degrees instead of thirty degrees, this might improve. And uh, hearing has this uh, thing that it happens on a very instinctive level. We we react, we don't think, and so it's extremely important
11: in, in such a context. That we can be able to do that. Yeah, thanks. Way back. On the nerdy, crappy equipment and testing your stuff.
4: <laughs> on the note of crappy equipment and testing your stuff. Uh, for a game I built, I included a thirty-point EQ in settings players would adjust. Now this was done for accessibility reasons. Different people have different ears, different hearing disabilities, so I wanted they to be able to boost the frequencies they struggled with, and maybe turn down other frequencies. I got so many notes from people being like, oh, you fixed my horrible speakers, or like, <laughs> 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 like so much bass, they could like, crank that down a game, like this is, you know, sounds beautiful, so like, giving those player options. Um, as long as you allow the preset
5: to default mm-hmm. and yeah, the can right. do that it can be really helpful, yeah. What game was that again? And that was just another day. Just Everybody another day. buy just
11: another day. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> are on? Google. What was that for? Uh, it's just it. Internet.
7: Okay.
0: Uh, okay. Expo. They're on a line. What about presentations? I know that there were some of those too, right? Anyone go to any presentations? I circle back to you. Uh, way in the back. Use your voice. And we're for folks who came in late. Um, if it's the first time you're speaking, we are trying to say our names, our gender pronouns, and how we identify in the game development community. <laughs> uh, hi, my is Douglas
11: Pennant, I'm from Creative Assembly. I'm not actually in audio dev directly. I'm in the production team, managing uh, them. Uh, was, was anyone else at the Battlefield 5 dialogue? Yeah, Uh, if if you missed that one, I strongly recommend checking that one out on the vault at the very end of this. Because the exciting stuff they were doing was explaining how to make their um, NPCs, their AI NPCs, more dramatically interesting. So usually we have call and response and lots of things, which is a good start. And they were thinking, well, conversations aren't just one, two, one, two, one, two. And um, so they invoked a, they thought of improv theatre. And the technique, yes and, uh, as a way to kind of extend these conversations. And so um, all of their lines were written, like they would have a topic, for example, they encounter a beat-up truck or something. And so there would be lines like, I don't know, gee, look at that truck. Or, a, it's like ours. I was like, girls. Uh, but they can work in it in order. And so they weren't scripting conversations exactly. They were just handing a group of NPCs a topic. And, um, and effectively, like, letting them riff on it. One of the coolest examples... You know, oh, shut up. Um, <laughs> they, they had a joke setting in this as well. So you could have uh, one line and then have it trigger multiple simultaneous responses. So someone would tell a joke and then the other NPCs would laugh. Uh, and one would even sometimes say, I don't get it. So <laughs> 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 that, uh, that was to build five uh, AI dialogue. Really, really good, really interesting set right Awesome. That sounds
0: like a great talk.
6: Yeah. Hi, Stephen Mucota, EDM, uh, sound designer, composer. Uh, that was really interesting. We got playtesting God of War yesterday. I not know it was a million talks, but uh, I think there's a lot of takeaways for us in audio uh, in the way that design, still
4: design struggles with a lot of similar things where something appears like the problem but is actually something else. Um, for example, people would complain about combat things in the War, but it was actually more related to camera issues. And I think for us, if someone's complaining about a specific sound or a specific set of sounds, it may be a mix issue or it may be um, a different issue altogether. Um, so I think going into these play tests with some clear design and clear questions, um, I think it would be very helpful for everyone, regardless of size and scope, um, just being clear questions
6: and kind of getting to the root of these
4: issues. Um, first issue. Yeah, I mean, you, you
0: love the bug that is, uh, you know, weapon sounds too loud, right? You go to the scenario, you drop in, and like 100 people shoot at you all at once, on the <laughs> same frame, from the same animation, and you're like, okay, the problem here... <laughs> okay, so you, it's you. yeah exactly cool did you see something good
8: yeah uh, the advancing audio roundtable yesterday with john bird and lenny moore was fantastic um and the things that so they did kind of these breakaway sessions at first um where we got into smaller groups to talk about who we were, what our biggest challenge is in our job, and also something that is really cool about what we do that we think other people might not understand, know about, or just underestimate, so that we could kind of get an idea of everyone else in the industry across disciplines. And then we talked about those things more specifically, and then talking about the future of audio, advancing the Scope of what we can do with audio. We were talking about it, and Lenny um, kind of stepped back. Was like, okay, everything that people are saying is good, but it just has to do with what our what our tools do, not what audio does. And can we look beyond the tools to see? <clears throat> excuse me, to see what we can actually create instead of just relying so much on the tools currently available. Um, and then someone raised their hand and said you know i don't have a lot of experience in the industry so i feel like i don't have a lot to say about this and i don't think that i'm very capable of advancing audio in that way because my lack of experience and
1: the yeah no
8: i definitely relate to that um but the moderator's response was are you alive (laughs) Are you breathing? Are you creating audio things? Like, are you a creator? Then you are advancing audio because you don't need industry experience to have life experience that is different from everyone else's, and therefore you are advancing the capabilities of what we do. Yeah, it was so great. It was so encouraging Because he said, as a creator... All we need you to do is to keep creating. You don't need to have the same experiences that I've had in AAA games and being in the industry for decades. You don't need to know the CEOs of all of the companies or all of these big names. You just need to keep creating and that advancement and be a part of the discussion like we are now right here. And as you do that, then we are advancing it in a better direction together.
11: Thanks for sharing that, that was great.
3: Uh, uh, Sorry, Um, I've seen uh, new people uh, people coming uh, and there's lots of uh, space here, so maybe you could sit here or maybe other people could move so they can sit closer.
10: We're going to draw
0: a line here in a second, uh, give a little more space, um, trying to respect people's time here and move the discussion along, Um, but obviously Expo floor is Super cool! Thanks for perspectives on that. So many presentations, like just scratching the surface of that, Um, and you know, hopefully the kind of inspirations that people have had are just overflowing in conversation between each other. Right? These are the things that we're here to share, and we're bringing our own experiences and trying to understand our place uh, at the conference and in game audio in general, uh, and so, you know, I look forward to hearing more of these inspirations from everyone. Uh, let's talk quick about ISIG Party, that was here last night, pretty cool. ISIG, one of the, I think, two game audio organizations or organizations representing game audio in the larger game development community along with the Game Audio Network Guild. Um, it's great uh to have them host the party here at Sennheiser. Uh any I, I was here at the very end. Can anyone fill me in? Was was there like uh a dancing fair that I missed? <laughs> any anything exciting? Did, who want someone want to rabble
11: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah! Would you win? Uh Josh he, him. Uh, I got the uh Krotos. Before, oh, Awesome. Okay. That's great.
0: So parties—they happened. They were loud. DB.
9: I went to a party that was not loud. I'm DB Cooper and I'm a voice actor. And I went to a party last night that had nothing to do with game audio, and I did it on purpose. <laughs> 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 I get to see everybody here, and it's called the
8: Gathering of the Ancients yeah. <laughs> for people who are. Four,
1: <laughs> okay. So I met people from
8: all different disciplines, and it was fox.
1: <laughs> so anyway, that was a great way to just
9: other. Things. Yeah, there, there was a party last night. Um, I forget where it was, but it was called, it was polycount, so it was artists, and I went because my sister's an artist, so I went with her. And, there ended up being another sound designer there, so we were like, Yeah, and we were kinda of like, <laughs> yeah. like bouncing around together and then there was a there was a guy who was, started as a technical artist but then kind of went into tools instead so we were like, Yeah So we kind of had like this little like anti not anti art but like non artist group going around we were sort of like grabbing people and <laughs> I mean it was just fun. And like people would come over and be like, Are you artists? And we'd be like, No, and they'd be like, Thank God like, fun. If I hear about triangles one more time. Yeah. <laughs> right. But if, like, the parties that aren't specific for sound, A, you meet a lot of really cool people who can collaborate in really interesting ways with you that uh, audio people aren't always able to. And B... You find, like, we find each other anywhere. Like, it's like a siren song, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I resonate with you and I don't know why, and you're like, oh, I do audio. It's like,
7: but yeah! <laughs> so, you know, you find them. And then, uh, on top of that, um, I ended up, one of the, my favorite years that I ever was a speaker at GDC was when I spoke not on the audio track. I gave a talk, uh, I think it was two or three years ago, about writing interactive audio games for the Narrative Summit. And it was the best response I ever got, because there is a point where, I, I was trying to explain it to someone like, hey audio people, audio is great. And you're like, yeah it is. You're like, <laughs> awesome. And then you're done. But if you go into a herd of not audio people, audio is great. And here's why. It's like, my God, we should hire audio people. You're like, oh, much. <laughs> it gets it gets more jobs done. It helps you know, because there's a point where preaching to the audio, preaching to the choir, uh, only gets you so far yay from community. But if you do want to spread the message that yes, our 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 skills are important and should be added to other areas, you really need to. Get more comfortable and get more used to jumping into awkward, non-your department situations. Yeah, exactly. You might make a future contact. Here. Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah.
4: Great. And I think, um, in addition, like just tying it back to a previous conversation, that is, in a serious way, how each of us can advance the state of audio because we're all here. We all, like you're saying, you know, love audio, but we're going to spread out across the country, across the world, and be surrounded by developers who put us at the very end of the pipeline. Um, and I think as just audio people, one of the things that we can do is educate more people about what we do and maybe even get a friend or two into it. Um, lower the barrier of entry and just let people know how cool it is. Yeah,
0: I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit on that for a second because that was great. Everyone has contributed uh, deep thoughts to this idea. Of advocacy outside of games. So, just a moment for that. Super cool. Thanks for sharing. I'm going to draw a line now. Like that was yesterday. And it, of course, resonates for the rest of your career. But what about today? And before we start with today, we're going to try another sound experiment we're uh, recording this and streaming it live uh, on Twitch right now to the to the community at large outside of GDC folks uh, that couldn't make it or uh, yeah or just it's it's hard to get here right uh, Wow it takes a lot uh, so we're trying to carry this uh, experience carry this inspiration further uh, and we also have this super cool, Ambisonics microphone, and so we're going to try a little sound experiment today, um, kind of like the one we did yesterday. For those of you that were here, so what did you have in mind?
3: Okay, so uh, Damien just asked me uh, about like, <laughs> uh, like, let's all create a sound together, and he said you can suggest what can we do, and. Maybe this is going to be super lame, but I don't know. You're all audio people, so you're all, all super creative. Uh, do you all have your badges? So let's try to make a soundscape with our badges, like uh, create sounds with it, This is a, a, as an instrument or whatever way you want to. And let's create a, a badge sound, OK?
0: If you don't have your badge, maybe some just your hotel key, whatever no, you Whatever,
3: have. It's yeah. Light. Let's make a badge sound.
0: <laughs> okay. So, uh, you say what? You say what? Okay. Like uh, it. Okay. One, two, three. Go.
3: Cool, yeah, like the other says, okay, I want this to sound like a batch. like a
0: GDC badge. <laughs> okay, thank you for being a part of the continual experiment that is <laughs> the, the Game Audio GDC podcast. Uh, okay, so we're drawn a line. Yesterday, awesome. Thanks for sharing. Uh, what about today? Uh, Thursday is what they tell me. Is today right? (laughs) Validation (laughs) got it. So, what's happening
11: today that's exciting? Uh, Maxime, I'm Maxime. I'm a technical composer. Uh, I like today. There is like a track that I that is really dear to me. It's called the number one reason to be. Oh, sorry. (coughs) So there's today. There's a track called number one reason to be. uh, That is. uh, I think it's super important. It's held by uh, Randy. It's at four. I don't remember the name of the room, but uh, it's probably like s- some of the talks that inspire me like the most, or at least that uh, relate to me in one way or another. Even if uh, it's it's about like uh, inclusion in game, and um, and to and like the people that can't make it here because it's very expensive to come here, or like yeah, and, and like coming here is like very we're very fortunate to be. So yeah. I, I'm really, really excited about this because uh, like every time I, I see it, like I usually see it on the vault, and it's the first time I can see it live. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm really, really happy
6: to be able to do that. And, yeah.
3: oh, uh, so it's uh, nice that you mentioned that. Actually, uh, another Chilean is going to be, uh, I mean, I'm Chilean, mm-hmm. but uh, Camila Gormaz, who is Chilean and is a developer uh, of Long Days is going to be talking uh, on the panel. So, so that's good.
6: I think this year uh, quite an improvement from last year only one person had their visa uh, oh. not allowed which is obviously one too many but I think last year was like five of the six and yeah. Rami had to scramble to find other people it was, it was just terrible so, so maybe things are becoming a little more open finally a little yeah. back to normal just a little Maybe. <laughs> well going to see something interesting
11: oh uh. Uh, I can't be here and not plug my own talk in about an hour and a half. Uh, <laughs> so, hi, Douglas Pennant again. Uh, I'm speaking on colorblindness in games. Oh, oh. For color blindness. So I'm, I'm a colorblind developer and it's talking about the, um, the effect of colorblindness on my life, some of the science behind the condition, <laughs> um, the effect on games, uh, why developing for colorblindness in games is actually really kind of awkward and difficult because it's a completely visible problem. Uh, and as many solutions as I can for what people can do to make their games more visually accessible in general. It's called Solving an Invisible Problem, of the Color It's a tiny problem. Cool? Awesome. Cool. Thanks. <coughs>
4: uh, uh, so, diversity. Uh, Drew, Katie, um, uh, he, him, uh, like it. And uh, yesterday I was at a roundtable about diversity, and it was really good. And there's another one today. Roundtable too, and uh, so yeah, I would I would suggest going to it. Was, it was really good to kind of you know celebrate the diverse um, world we live in and, and how we interact together and how we collaborate and uh, and make a better you know product and yeah grow as individuals. Yeah, so that diversity
0: roundtable yesterday has a twin today. At 5:30, we're going to talk about. Um, is it the same? We're talking about the
4: same thing. I believe so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: So, game audio cultures is the name of the roundtable. It's at, and today's um, version of that is at 5:30. And we're going to be talking about uh, cultural diversity um, and cultural aspects of localization, dialogue, how to. You know, different, different things about how uh, culture influences dialogue and we have some great uh, moderators who uh, will be there representing uh, games like The Witcher and Assassin's Creed Odyssey. So a lot of great perspectives um, from some games that, that really
4: um, embody that. Go ahead. Yeah. Um Aaron, he him, uh, student in Central Florida. There is a talk today from Trumpets to Transient, a composer's guide to sound design. And I've talked with a lot of composers here that are interested in getting to sound design, so go to that at uh, four o'clock,
5: I forget where. Uh three thousand two West Talk there you go yeah and two,
7: two, two of our speakers are here actually Matt Markison is on that on that discussion and me uh, John Robert Matz Manuel Penka is sitting over here and uh, Eric is going to be on there we've got six speakers we're going to each do five to eight minutes talks and try to give you a whole bunch of input um, I know on my end uh, my segment is called you have a particular set of skills I'm taking a Liam Neeson. Uh, quote and going with it to try to split, to give people some encouragement uh, from anyone suffering from imposter syndrome that if you're just getting into the industry, or if you're currently into the industry, or jumping back in after a pause, you can take valuable skills from any job you've had. It doesn't have to be in games, like maybe you were in I was in stage management for part of my career before games.
1: Yay, right? Stage
7: what? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but you can take skills, especially people skills, and management skills, and learning how to work through deadlines and situations from Anything. It's just trying to acknowledge that and apply it when going into the game industry. It's kind of like know yourself, man. But that's my bit. And uh, Matt and Pink, I forget the titles of yours,
1: but they're also really awesome. You should talk about them. Oh, hi. Welcome. <laughs> we will welcome you all.
3: My name is Anka
1: Kunama and uh, I'm a composer. Um, I um, have worked. 20 years as a freelance composer, and the biggest lesson I learned in my life as a composer is to become very sensitive to sound design, to ambiences, to the entire, everything audio, dialogue, frequencies, because as a composer, that's the, that's what we have to do. So my uh, talk is twofold. The one part is encouraging all the young students and young composers, emerging composers, to really delve deeply and passionately into game, into sound design, because um, this gives them more opportunities for employment and more opportunities for jobs. Simply because there are more jobs for sound in games, that there's greater need, because you have more, you know, you have ballot, you have guns, cars, foley, um and it, there's more to do in terms of sound. Whereas the music is a tertiary, small, tiny part of the experience. I'm, I'm not downplaying it, but it's a tertiary experience. Sound is more important, voiceovers, so that's the one aspect of my talk, and the other aspect is as a composer working on a lot of genre projects, genre meaning science fiction, fantasy, horror, <laughs> um, where the sound design is very rich and very textured. Um, this has taught me to become incredibly careful and carefully calibrate how I compose the music for such projects. So there is no waste of frequency, so that the music and the sound design just work together in harmony. And I learned this by just having my score on the floor because I maybe repeated something that the sound was already doing, or the music was redundant, or didn't combine, combine well. So over 20 years of scoring genre projects, many of them, I finally learned to really finesse my composing. So in that sense, learning to be a sound designer, which I was 10 years ago, has helped me grow as a composer, and I very much encourage all composers who aspire to have this wonderful career to become very sensitive and very about what the other audio elements are doing in the context
10: of the game. It will make you better composers. So, give you my micro <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm Matthew Martinson, my part of the talk, I don't remember my title, it was really boring, but uh, I'm going to talk about that if you're already a proposer, you've already got all the skills and gear you need just to try out doing sound design, so don't let anybody tell you you need to spend thousands of dollars to try this out. You're good to go. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I'll use what you got. Nice. Yes. Hey, I'm Jason Andrew. I'm Lydia Andrew and myself. We're doing a roundtable today on uh, audio department best practices. So it's just we're exploring um, leadership within the audio department, uh, working with other disciplines on project, um, things of that nature. So if you guys can come down, it's at, uh, it's at four o'clock today, South Hall. Four.
0: Yeah, I mean, who was here on Tuesday? Yeah, Tuesday was easy. <laughs> one audio talk at a time all day long, okay? And now it's really difficult. Uh, you have to decide which one of the talk three talks at 4 o'clock you're going to go to, right? And that's, I think, for me, one of the selfish reasons why we've been doing this podcast for so long is because... You can't be everywhere all the time. So crowdsourcing these uh, nuggets of inspiration that people grab throughout the day, um, sharing these experiences just uh, pluses up the whole conference for me uh, and gives me insight into what else is happening.
4: Another quick reminder for people that round tables do not go on the vault, so if you have uh-huh. vault access, then, you know you have some ways to prioritize things that are happening at the same time. Yeah, a
0: lot of great roundtables too, and this is like, if you've, uh, if you've been talked at and flashed at enough, a uh, roundtable is a really interactive experience and way different than um, the fire hose of, of beautiful information that most presentations are. So, cool way
6: to switch it up. That sounds like a great uh, roundtable. Um, today at uh, Audio Kinetic Booth, we have two talks, not three. Uh, First talk is uh, John Everest, Uh, I guess he's independent but he's sometimes not independent, it's hard, I can't remember. But uh, he's talking about the music of uh, Battletech for Hebran schemes, that should be really, really cool because they do a lot of cool things. Um, Then there's going to be a gap in an afternoon session, I think, Oh, so he's at 10.30. Um, Afternoon session which I think is at 3 or 2.30 is our own uh, tally. And she is going to be talking about sound seat brain? No, no Samsung spatial, spatial Audio. So, yeah. some. So yeah, you were saying that the spatial audio pipeline kind of opened your opened your eyes to a few things. She's going to do a deep dive because she was on the R and D team who who helped put that together. So, and then four o'clock, we got some drinks. <laughs> <laughs> Beer at the audio.
7: I found I forgot I took a picture of that game audio community awesome area with the shag rug we were talking about uh, the schedule for Thursday they actually have an industry Q&A and fireside chat on that area next before 11 30 to 12 and there is a peer-led portfolio and real review uh, between two and three so yeah if you've, if you've never had help having your portfolio reviewed or if you ever wanted to help anybody else uh, they're doing that as an open area so that is on the expo floor today
4: Oh, and jam sessions after. <laughs> of course. Uh, We're hosting
10: a panel discussion right here at the San Angel Store entitled uh, Audio Design for Mixed Reality Applications. Okay. It's at uh, 6 p.m. and we have some fantastic uh, speakers lined up. So.
0: That sounds great. Are you also still doing demos upstairs? Absolutely,
10: yeah. Between uh, 12 and 2, uh, usually at lunchtime, launch time, can we to by to the with oh, who okay. cool. magically plays yeah, you can see the secret
11: upstairs layer, yeah. <laughs> 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 which I programmed myself. There is also uh, Francesco, he him sound design. Uh, there is also going to be a talk about uh, vehicle recordings for modern games by the folks of uh, Pole Position, and I'm sure it's going to be interesting. They recently worked on the vehicles in Battlefield, so it's going to be cool. All
5: right, huh. yeah, Joe. Hi, uh, Joe, he, him, student-ish. Um, <laughs> today at 1 p.m. behind the carousel in like Yerba Buena, I think it's like the square or something, uh, is Carousel Con, which is just a little impromptu talks. Matt's probably the better person to talk about that. Uh, yeah. You, you. yeah, cool. Hi, I'm Matthew Martenson.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
10: Some of you might know me. As well. Some of you might know me from things like Beards, Cats, and Indiana World Podcast and Carousel <laughs> <laughs> CarouselCon. Con is going on again today, uh, like I said, uh, in the park behind the carousel, 1 p.m. While wow, we've got a couple, Josie Breckner has a couple of speakers lined up today. Um, people are encouraged to get up and talk afterwards if they've got something they want to talk about for five minutes. Um, it's great. I counted over 110 people yesterday, which was amazing. Um, so even if you're not really interested in the talk, come hang out. If you're wanted, like, you not sure what to do for your lunch break and you want to hang out with some audio people, that's the spot.
9: You betcha. <laughs> Hi everyone. Alan Antoine. He, him. Uh, indie game dev and audio generalist.
3: Uh,
9: and the suit guy. And the suit guy. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah. this is this is definitely outside of our, our normal uh, comfort zone, I imagine. Uh, but it's related to a recent passion project I took on in my spare time. Uh, I was to talk at three p.m. in twenty sixteen in the West Hall. Why fashion in most games sucks and why you should care. I know nothing <laughs> other than the title, but looks
4: like it might be interesting. So I'm gonna go check it out. Yeah. (laughs) sounds great. Well, thanks to everyone for sharing. Oh, Dave's getting a talk. It's also at four, so you don't come once. (laughs) (laughs) What's the talk? Uh, It's um, kind of dissecting a lot of the learnings that we've been uh, gathering at Magic Leap over the last five years, uh, set against the context of one of our uh, launch titles that I worked on. So we, we launched our first product last year, uh, and a handful of uh, titles to go with that, and so we're going to be talking about uh, what we've learned and how that influenced uh, the, the design of uh, a wearable device, and you know, with Rift coming out yesterday, or the Rift S announcement yesterday, increasingly headsets are all having audio built into the device itself, so as we were talking about not knowing the endpoint, in a lot of those cases we do know the exact endpoint, and that's pretty cool.
8: Just to remind everyone,
4: the game awards are tonight. Okay,
8: pause. Okay.
0: Thank you. We'll get to it.
8: Okay.
0: Almost there. Any last presentations that people have to see? Great, drawn a line. So, (laughs) inspiration, right? Everyone here is, uh, thank you for sharing all these cool things that uh, you're excited about today. Again, I think there's just so many ways to GDC. Uh, and it's great to get different people's perspectives of uh, what's exciting for them today because uh, I'm not making any plans, but there's so many cool ideas coming from y'all, it makes me want to run out and do some of those things. It's great. Um, yeah, Tonight, tonight, so this is, this is the part where we talk about what happens after the day's event, right? Uh, and we just happen to have Bonnie Bogovic, co host of the premiere event this evening.
7: Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Uh, Bonnie again. Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm co emceeing the uh, Gang Audio Network Guild Awards this evening. We have a lot of really awesome categories. We've added a bunch of categories in the last year. Should be really fun. Uh, I, my co host will be uh, Jason Hayes really excited to have him, so we're gonna have some witty banter for you. Also, a lot of folks signed up to help us uh, present the awards again. We have, I think, 24 people who volunteered to help us present. So I'm excited to see them get their moment on stage. And we're gonna have a weird, but fancy red carpet experience, I'm told. So we're actually literally rolling out the red carpet in front of the thing. So if you've ever wanted to get a picture of yourself with or without an award or just in your fancy desk tonight, please show up. Uh, The actual awards are at 7.30. So as you're getting in there and finding your seats, if you want to go like, hey, and have someone snap a picture, this is that moment you've dreamed of, or not.
0: So we're talking doors at 7, I awards you, at seven. Doors 30. at
7: 7, uh, awards at <laughs> 7.30. I think you can start streaming in around 6.45 if you're really eager. Uh, and the after party, like the last two years, I think, is literally right outside the doors. And uh, it's on the second floor this year, not the third floor. So it'll be in room 216 West Hall. That's what I got. That's it. Thank
0: you. Thank you Uh, So awards shows, they're very interesting. Uh, It's a moment to relax and kind of bask in appreciation for the community, for the work that we all do. Uh, Did anyone go to the IGF or IGDA awards last
10: night? I did.
0: Cool. Yeah. It's chill, right? It's like uh, you just get a moment to kind of pause and realize... uh, yeah, there's some amazing art in this world that we're all kind of part of contributing to, right? And uh, those moments of appreciation, I think, are really valuable uh, for a community and uh, encourage
5: everyone to, yeah, give it a try. Uh, For another kind of relaxed thing going on today, uh, there's something called the UnParty at GDC, Goes from 7 p.m. to 11 p.m. at 459th Street. They'll have like tea, coffee, no music. Uh, The the organizers are really big on just having it be like a low key, relaxed event where you can just like, you know, mix with people without like going deaf because there's five subwoofers and an array like in the corner just waiting for you. Um, So yeah. Or going Right.
4: Yeah. <laughs> that's my main problem with GDC. I always lose my voice on Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. I always wanted to have a GDC party in an anechoic chamber.
10: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
4: Whisper party. I've been taking meter readings of all of the GDC events with like a with like a spectral thing. I, so I have all of the all of them. They they push 85, sometimes 93 dB. Wow. Yeah. Which one was 93 <laughs> Uh, so actually, that was a pizza kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Everyone in this room was just like, uh-uh-oh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Any other parties, after parties, or uh, late-night must-see San Francisco experiences?
10: I have a uh, just a, nothing to do with parties. A quick um, announcement. I found a notebook on Tuesday in the game audio boot camp. The name on it was Jake Humphreys. Does anybody know this individual?
0: Yeah, yeah, Jakey. He's uh, a CA. He's not here right now, but um, can somebody get it back to him? If I could probably take it. it yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, so awesome. Awesome. oh, okay, great. Hey. Cool. Community. Hey. Uh. <laughs> Sweet. Uh, there, if anyone does the googling, there's a, some speakeasy type thing where you have to have a secret password to get in. It's super fun. you can probably find, I don't know some clandestine dark web password <laughs> in Florida. <laughs> but you know this is we are in San Francisco, right? There is so much to do and so I guess where I'm going with that is I encourage you to, find your tribe, you know enjoy the city you know keep each other safe and just uh, have a good time right This is an incredible opportunity and experience so make the most of it. Um, take care of yourself take care of everyone else. Thank you Estebania, for being a co-host with me today. are there any last things we want to uh, that anyone has to bring up?
10: Yeah. Um, Matt Miller, sound uh, designer. One thing I want to make it to is at the Exploratorium, there's a sound art installation. I believe it's called Leeching Air, uh, where these the wind chimes and laser sensors that sense the amount of pollution in the air, and when it's lights moderate, uh, it's quite uh, uh, musical, but uh, if, if pollution is really bad, or I had notes in there, <laughs> and I um, said, what do you implement your I'm, sound I'm, design? Unfortunately, I'd like to give a lot of evolution. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but if you're looking for some random community
2: service to do, you don't want to do anything else.
7: About like not you talking to another audio person. Try to make an effort to talk to a server side person or a coder or someone in graphics and see what you can do. Because like, every everything we say will help you know change how things are made in the future. So maybe make that like one of your little mini game checklists of the week. Yeah. Gamify GDC. <laughs> That's game gamify. Uh,
4: nice. Yeah. I, I talked to the popcorn effects people yesterday. That's sound. I took uh, I talked to the popcorn effects people yesterday about sound. Turns out they have, you know, like a sound little node in their whole cool thing. Uh, who knew? Um, cool. Right. Uh, so I asked them about that and how even. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, they, they, they were scratching their heads a little bit. Um, so that's fun. And they give me a shirt.
3: <laughs> so, uh, One last thing. If uh, anyone wants to do something fun and weird, just go to the alt control section. Uh, yesterday I pretended to be a train machinist. And I had a lot of fun, like uh, with the cold and all. And uh, you can also I- exorcise demons from a uh, couch. So, go there
1: and
0: It's a training simulator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
4: and that was Hell couch. great. Yeah, Hellcouch. Uh, you can even play it with your cat because the sensors are this sensitive. <laughs> um, yeah, there's also like something like an escape
11: room where you're tied to someone else on the chair. and yeah. You have to uh, press buttons with your feet, so that's real fun to check out. There is actually a party hosted by these people tomorrow evening, I can't remember the event name, but they uh, if you look up "out Control on Twitter, you'll be able to find like it. It oh. was really fun last year.
1: The there, so.
0: Yeah. Excellent. Okay, well, so many great ideas, so many great perspectives. Uh, The conversation doesn't end here, right? It just starts uh, because it's so damn early uh, in the morning. Uh, Keep going. Uh, We'll see you again tomorrow. This uh, podcast runs through Saturday morning for anyone still hanging around. And I appreciate you being here. Thanks.